Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. You're listening to episode 22 with the delightful Megan Signoli of Vine fame. She's a photographer, a filmmaker. She's making all sorts of stuff. She's working with a ton of brands. And she's got a great vibe, which is what I really appreciate. Yeah, and I think what's cool about talking to her is that she has really kind of risen to fame and success and notoriety through the use of a very specific medium. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. It's it's medium. It's medium. Okay, I try. <laughs> it wasn't quite on point, but you got it. Right, exactly. Uh, and she does great creative work, uh, but it's kind of viewed in this episode through the lens of the the platforms that she uses. Uh, so we're calling it mediums, and we're exploring the way that a medium affects the creative work. Super fascinating talk. We dug a little bit into the darker side of the platforms, too, uh, with social media. You know, there's this gratification cycle, and, and we got into some of that stuff. And I thought it was really raw, really real, and cool of her to open up about that. So I, I was really, really impressed with her, and I, and I love this episode. And when we're talking about platforms, um, a lot of times I like to think about a step in a career, a step in my life. as just one more platform that I'm stepping up onto as a platform to express something. And one thing that I view as a platform in my own life was my time I spent at Patterns, uh, which is a business and design school, uh, in, in a place you probably wouldn't guess, Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, with with friend of the show, Josh Long, uh, who's a truly creative, kind, generous person, super smart, and just full of, of wisdom and just like, good stuff and so i i spent uh spent a week out there attending patterns um that school in 2013 i think it was now it's crazy how time flies huh Vince? it's just racing by man and and uh for context josh was on episode two he was he was our very first guest on the show so that's really exciting and so i want to thank thank patterns for supporting the show and sponsoring this episode of Ten Thousand hours and, and if you're interested in kind of leveling up i would seriously suggest looking into patterns patterns.co he does week-long seminars. It seems a little crazy, and I don't think a lot of people would understand it if you said you were going to go do this, but I think it could have the potential to change your life, change your trajectory, and, and so I believe in it, and, and it changed mine, so I think it's really cool. Yeah, you've heard nothing but like success stories and just happiness and, and joy and new perspectives coming from patterns, and that's why it's, a cool, it's cool to be working with them and partnering with them on this. So thank you to Patterns, and enjoy this episode of 10,000 Hours, episode 22 with Megan Signoli, Mediums. I, like, make a goal where I'm, like, after... 9 p.m., phone down, and I don't think I've ever been able to do it. So, Vince, do you just want to kick us off? Tell me what you're putting your time into, what you're working on. Uh, uh, Tell me what you had for lunch. I want to (laughs) know... I went to Whole Foods for lunch today. Did you? Nice. At the cafeteria. They had barbecued pork, so that was good. Um, Delightful. As for what I'm working on, I feel like this is going to be like horrible deja vu, and it's just depressing how little progress I've made on it, but I'm kind of compiling stuff for my redesigned website. Don't. Don't even talk to me about that right now. It's true, and it's 
I don't know. I think all creative people are like this, or well, maybe just the careful. lazy, the lazy, sad, pathetic ones like me. But I've been like, I've deactivated my old site for a couple months now, and it's been like in a state of disrepair, and I just haven't gotten around to updating it. You know, we're worst at promoting ourselves, Grant. But that's it, what I've been working on this yeah. last few days, at least. It's true. I mean, I don't. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. We've all been there. But Grant, what about you? What have you? I been actually was uh, doing putting in a little bit of time on my personal site recently because I've been uh, I'm trading trading as I, I talk about the trading economy a lot. Um, it's trading with a yes. yeah yeah trading with a small development firm over here. Just did a bunch of branding work for them on a project and uh, and anyway they're going to develop my personal site into something pretty cool. sexy. Very cool. Um, so that stuff and a lot of scripting and uh, like you know last weekend we were shooting shooting some fiat stuff super Absolutely. fun yep. and uh, so that's been like the main focus. Cool. Busy um, as always. Yeah, yeah, you know, jamming. Um, speaking of busy, P- speaking or being, of being prolific, yeah, <laughs> all the things. Uh, our guest today comes to us from Brooklyn, maybe somewhere yeah, in New York, Manhattan. right? New York, Manhattan. No, excuse me. There's a difference. Manhattan, New York. Um, she is, uh, I guess, a filmmaker, photographer, communicator, storyteller. Yeah. Uh, probably other hidden talents we don't know about. Hopefully, we'll reveal. Um, I first discovered her f- through Vine and some of her like brand work with with uh, Vines and was kind of like the pioneer I would say in in that space. In and, many ways, yeah, 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 kicking a lot of ass and makes some really cool stuff, which at the end of the day is what matters, kind of. Um, so Megan Signoli, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being here, and let me do the honors of asking you, Megan, what have you been working on recently? Uh, okay. What have we been working on? Um, so I have uh, a team of eight in New York, so we always have a lot going on at the same time. So like for today, we were shooting three different things, um, and also producing like all the shoots, like getting everything prepared for the next two weeks and even further into the future. So it's, it's, it's a very hard question to answer because I don't know which part to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, we, we run into that sometimes, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely, but it sounds like either way you're busy uh, working on a lot of different stuff and kind of the systems that go along with finishing those projects. Yeah, exactly. So I think to jump, I mean, let's just jump right into the topic. Usually we vacillate and dance around it for like 20 minutes, but I think maybe we can just hop right in today. Well, let's waste no time. Um, so the topic today, what we're talking about is mediums. Um right. And uh, when Vince and I were sort of chatting about you and your story, my, the first thing that kind of stuck out was was I discovered you on on Vine originally, which I think a lot of people have. You have you know your biggest audience there. I don't know followers wise, uh, probably four hundred thousand plus right. and growing, right? Um, and and it was just an interesting context, I think, uh, especially as creatives thinking about mediums, thinking about, uh, the first, you know, sort of first mover advantage, being a pioneer on a platform, uh, creating with those constraints. And I think those are things we want to sort of explore with you. Um, so I think my first, my first just question, um, is, you know, you're talking about your team and, and making things. I assume those are some brand vines and Instagrams, which is kind of like the niche you've really carved out. Yeah, they are. Um, we, we do sometimes do commercials and other things, but almost yeah. always they're six to 15 second videos for Vine, Instagram mm-hmm. that are utilized on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Tumblr, and like the apps 
for the different brands as well as their websites and in store mm -hmm. on displays. I guess the question I'd want to kick things off with just to kind of frame the conversation about mediums is why Vine or why Instagram video? How did you get how did you get clued into pioneering into this medium and what were the advantages that you saw in it that you wanted to take advantage of? Sure. Um, so for me, something like way back, I realized, I mean, even back in my space, I, I really utilized it like to connect with people. And then by the time Facebook came along, I realized as a photographer that if I would post a shoot that I was working on or that I just did, I would get more work upcoming because people would be like they'd remember me as a photographer they would remember they'd see my work so I realized pretty early on like oh wow I, I need to post what I'm doing so that I can keep people like keep getting work um so that mm -hmm. that's really like why social media at all like played a role in my life because there's so many photographers in mm -hmm. New York I had to stand out in some way um right. for me first yeah, it was Instagram and it's a very sweet thing and okay <laughs> right so all right so there you were so basically you're saying uh connecting with people getting work was sort of your primary concern standing out being unique um you start on you start on facebook instagram just basically posting your production and posting that sort of stuff yeah um it was just a lot of you know Hey, like we just worked on this shoot, and or here's the images from last week's shoot. That so, kind of so thing. were you? You were a freelance photographer. Yes, um, I've been freelance photographer for thirteen years. Thirteen. So. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Did so you, you go to school for that? Not really. I did some classes. I studied sure. fashion design, and then I studied cool. fine art, and then I studied language, and then. I went to school for photography and realized like I need to get out of school. So I, I hired the kid in the class that always had his hand raised. Like he knew the most <laughs> awesome. and he was like a super know-it-all. And I'm like, I need you just to like, I'm like, Hey, um, I'm going to get all of the like photo equipment we need and like get a studio and get models and stuff. Will you come by and like teach me everything they're teaching you in school <laughs> <laughs> that's too good that's too good so you knew the importance of social mediums i mean obviously right away then how did you specifically get clued into instagram and then later on vine um well instagram um my girlfriend said to me like you have to get on this and i'm like no no way i'm never gonna take a picture with a phone yeah, yeah. so eventually i got on it and then i was like i'm not gonna follow anyone i don't want to be part of this um i was really like negative about it and then i just became like super obsessed with taking photos <laughs> on the phone and really like engaged with other people's work because there's just so many great people on instagram it's still my favorite platform mm -hmm. So that's where that happened. Yeah, no, totally. I, I, uh, I've talked with a lot of people about that. It's like, well, one is like staying on the sunny side of the internet is a thing I say a lot, which is like, for me, the internet has connected me with a ton of people and people I would never have met otherwise and like created connections and created collaborations. I mean, for example, like the reason we're talking to you right now is because of the internet, obviously. Um, right. and, and then besides that, like Instagram's kind of like a game, like it's like a fun thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. It's like, it's yeah. like, you're like, Oh, I want to get a really cool picture. And so it adds this like weird game layer on like yeah. just every day walking around it, like as if it, when you start to think about life as a photographer, it's like at any moment, it's like you could be capturing something cool. So I, I like that about Instagram. 
Totally. I say that to people who want to build a social media following, but they play Candy Crush all day. And I'm like, (laughs) stop playing this game or whatever game you're playing and play the social media game. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you just have to play it. That's a great point. Totally. Yeah, I mean, what, like making something or creating something and then sharing it at the end of the day feels like 25 times better than playing uh even like a video game like that was a thing like we've talked about that before where yeah, it's like for sure i just stopped playing video games because like i was just way more into because your life is a video else. game yeah right? life is a video game cool so then how did you end up doing this as like a how did you end up making these short 15 or six second videos as part of a career like when did you make the leap from you were a photographer, right? So, like, what? How did you jump into uh, filmmaking per se? It was really strange. I took off for a while, um, just stopped kind of working as a photographer for like six months or something, um, and wasn't really happy with it. Um, and I just like traveled around, like looking, going to museums, and just getting inspired by other people and outside worlds a little bit. Um, and then when I came back, Vine happened to be happening at that moment and I was still in this like I don't want to do photography phase Mm -hmm. so I opened up Vine and I made like a really horrible video I didn't open it up for a little while and then I kept making like really bad videos and it it was like a game because I was like (laughs) no like you can make something pretty on everything like this you got (laughs) to like make at least one good video before you put this down forever kind of thing I don't know why I was just like pushing myself to make something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that ended up being stop motion, which I didn't even know it was stop motion. It just happened. Um, I moved some things around, and, and then I realized that it was, like, moving, <laughs> photographs moving. <laughs> and it, t- it didn't know for, like, a week that this was called stop motion. And that week was, like, nonstop. I, I couldn't stop thinking of ideas, stop motion ideas. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> sleep at night so I was just shooting like a million hours and I did that for several weeks before brands started calling so and wanting to I guess two things there is like uh I mean it seems like a lot of people especially early on and before they really know about a craft or whatever they're obsessed with the idea of tools Mm -hmm. I think especially in photography filmmaking and in like lettering or like design, you know, they want to know the specific tools. So I guess to appease that side of things, like were you shooting all of this on phones then at that point? Right. Yeah. Yep. We were shooting everything on phones until like a month or two ago. Crazy. Wow. Um, Yeah. And like really, really utilizing the app, like up until maybe four months ago, we weren't using any editing devices at all. And then we started little by little, like, realizing okay we're too busy to play play yeah. by the rules yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so okay right. I need to take some shortcuts so this um, is like very interesting to me and it dovetails with something you mentioned a little earlier which is you're saying to yourself that you can make something pretty on anything so there are a lot of inherent constraints in this fine tool and you mentioned playing by the rules for a long time talk about when did you like decide to to just start breaking them and what it felt like and what that decision meant for the craft? Yeah, I think sometimes like breaking the rules not only feels like okay, well people aren't going to like me for it, but it also they also feel like well, it's hard to do. Like I thought that up 
uploading was going to be really hard. And I thought that like editing was going to be really hard, like those kinds of things. But once I learned how to do it, it was just like instant. Marcus Johns taught me how to upload, oh, nice. like how yeah. to hack. And he's like, come on, like, this is crazy. Like you've got to <laughs> do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he like wrote out the like formula for us and then, Wow. I couldn't figure it out, so I gave it to my assistant, and she figured it out. So when you, wait, wait, hack, like, hack, like, uploading? Yeah, like, because you can't upload, like, through the phone, mm-hmm. so you have to do it, like, a back-end way. Oh, crazy. That's, yeah, um, I mean, really breaking down the medium. And and, right? and Marcus, Marcus Johns, I guess, for context, for people listening, is, like, a, sort of a Vine personality, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Built a huge. I mean, in, in, very much in the same way that a lot of YouTube personalities build build an audience. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I and I guess yeah, I guess you're you're sort of like the interesting thing I think with you is because like I consume a lot of Vine content. I don't create much, but like I'm very interested in the platform and and interested in what's going on there. Especially because I think it's like it it uh, it sort of reflects this like this like caricature and this like uh, hyper like at the moment culture more so than a lot of the other platforms because of like, there's a, it seems like there's a very specific type of people creating things on vine. But, but what I, what I meant to say was you're sort of a personality on vine, but like in a different way, like, you know, Marcus Johns, for example, or like, uh, Nicholas, is it McGallus? How do you pronounce it? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. McGallus. Yeah. Uh, like any of those guys, um, or like Brittany Ferlin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but like all those guys are, are like personalities, in that they are the star of their own thing and they are like making that stuff. Whereas it seems like you are more of like a filmmaker on there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which is interesting and cool. Um, but I guess like, uh, I, I guess what, it, what is, where, where has uh, like, okay, actually to segue, to segue, to jump, uh, to like sort of the next phase of things. So you started posting stuff on there. You started making all these stop motion things, which you didn't know, but you figured out. And then brands started calling. Yeah. So to date, we've worked with over a hundred major brands, and we've never pitched one of them. Wow. So they've all come and emailed me. Um, Just come knocking on the door. Yeah. So super grateful and lucky right now because that may not be the case (laughs) forever but right now yeah there's a lot of need for digital content and for people you know for brands to have videos on all their platforms so so as someone who was one of the first movers to this like platform in this medium how do you decide how to like turn this into a business model there's no real precedent for interacting with brands and clients on something exactly like this. Was it like shaky ground at first or did you have a plan in mind? Well, um, I had done some deals on Instagram in the year before Vine came. So I had a bit of an idea um, how that one went down. Um, So the first one, the first ones, it was a little bit like they were like, you know, this is our budget. This is like a new space. We don't really know, but it's, it's just, it changed a lot for the first few months. Like our deck and our rate card changed like every five days, like our rates (laughs) would like double every five days. Like we were just like, wow. Like we'd say one number and then they would agree. And then we'd be like, okay, we definitely didn't charge enough. And like stuff like that. Or then we started realizing like, 
okay, we can also like offer promotion instead of just like creation of the video or like, sure. you know, like all these kinds of little things we learned. But um, I went from being freelance all this time to suddenly having no choice but to start a company because it was either that or just continue turning down work, which I was doing so much at the beginning because I couldn't handle the workload. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been it's been a lot of growing pains and like learning along the way. Yeah, so I guess my question there from a personal standpoint, like and I've talked with Vince and on the show a lot about this is like um so I've had my company for maybe like 2 years. Uh, it's called Less Creative Studio, do a range of stuff and like I've had people contracted for extended periods of time and I've really considered scaling up especially when turn, when I'm turning down a lot of work, but my biggest concern and this is through actual experience has been like every time I add people to the roster and I add people to the projects, I feel like I get more managerial and further and further away from the work. Um, so I guess the question is like, are you like, do you feel like you're still deeply involved in that? Do you feel like you've had to take on a lot more like admin managerial type role? And, and I guess, is that cool or is it, it, (laughs) which is kind of where I'm at it. And it can be different, but like sometimes right. I just feel like I hate that part of it. And so it's like, I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun for me, like learning how to start managing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just seeing so much of a world that, you know, I always had assistance, but not like every day of the week, like 10 hours a day kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's like, at first I was like, that's not what I want to do. But now actually shooting is a little bit more exhausting in a way. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, I don't know if it's that I've lost passion a little bit, but what I do is I write most of what we shoot and I art direct all of it, creative mm-hmm. direct all of it. Mm-hmm. So every prop has to be like, you know, like I have to say yes. Every like bit of animation, like, okay, we're going to make this go this way or that way. So I basically direct everything, yeah. but without having to sit there and stare at it. That way I can... Well, like I mean, answer emails and that's beautiful. Like that. I mean, that's great, but I guess, and this is deviating from the topic somewhat, but I think it's interesting is, is how are you screening those people and how are you making sure that they're people you can trust and put in those roles of execution and so that you can sort of be in more of a leadership concept directorial role. That's the hardest part. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, we got really lucky at the beginning someone who I had worked with for a while. So she she came on board. We had two girls on board at first. One I handpicked from the internet. I just found her work on Vine. And I was like, okay, do you want an internship? And she yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. So that's been over a year. And then the other girl, same, over a year. Um, and they just picked it up right away. And then we found a guy through an ad and he also picked it up really fast. And since then it's been a lot slower. Like we've hired a lot of people and let a lot of people go. Um, And we've written ads in so many different ways and posted them on so many different places because we're getting a lot of, we're not getting people that have the same style or that can like read that style. So um, we have two new creatives that are in the middle of like being trained, but I think they're pretty good. The training is really long. You know, it's like, is to like just shoot, shoot, shoot everyday creative stuff. Just shoot yep. beyond like assist us, assist us. That way they could see what we're doing, and then we could see what they're doing, and we can like tweak, tweak, tweak until they get it. But it's it takes a long time. I mean, it, it sounds 
correctly rigorous like you need especially if you're entrusting them to do basically what is your livelihood they need to be put through that sort of vetting process i don't think that's i don't think that's unique to a medium but what i do think is interesting is the mediums that you're using to reach out to these people oh yeah like that in itself it poses some interesting questions about the type of people you find on certain channels and how different channels bring you different prospects right it's very true. We we started like the first guy we found on Craigslist. Um, <laughs> but That's great. That happens with a lot of production that. stuff. It seems. Yeah. 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 Cool. I think Craigslist is like has like hidden gems all the time. Totally, it does. It's. A, I mean, the world's largest newspaper, right? I found the chairs we're sitting on on Craigslist. I just sold a couch on Craigslist. Look at this. <laughs> I met my wife. I <laughs> so, but speaking of mediums, as we are today, uh, you seem to have a good eye for people. I mean, you, you picked the kid who wrote, raised his hand out of the classroom to work with you initially. And now, years later, you've, you're still picking talented people to help you out. Uh, and it also sounds like you have a good eye for mediums in general. Do you know, do you have any mediums, new emerging ah. future mediums uh, that you think might be like the next big thing, like Vine and Instagram were? No, and I know that like a lot, we we receive so many apps a day, Ugh. like, hey, can we send you the beta version? Hey, can you get on this app? Right, like, all that right, stuff. right. Um, none of them have like brought me in the way that Vine or Instagram or Twitter did. Yeah. Um, where I want to be using them. Can I? Well, okay. So let me let me side note again. I, you know, this is like away from our topic, but like I don't talk to many people who are into Vine. So like, there's mm-hmm. not much of an outlet. So I guess I'm just curious to hear your opinion on. I mean, there's a lot of like sort of renegade advertising going on on Vine, and I think one of the like the standouts is something like Badoo. Um, how do you feel about that sort of style of thing? Right. Clearly, Badoo. I would say. Obviously, paying influencers to right. make original content around their app. Like, uh, how, I guess, how do you feel about that in general? It, it Well, it doesn't even have to be Badoo-specific, but also it does. <laughs> right. Um, I would never shoot a video for Badoo, but... I just, like, from your aesthetic and, like, from the stuff you put right. out, but... Right. Yeah. But I absolutely love Badoo because it takes a lot of pressure off of me. Because so many people are doing them and because they're doing so many, anything I do, like, doesn't, like, before it was, like, how dare you put all these ads and, like, people were so pissed off about it. But now, like, everybody's doing it, but they're doing it for, like, the same thing, which is super annoying. It's crazy. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, yeah, the pressure's off of me. I don't know. It doesn't wow. bother me at all. <laughs> it's kind of made it, could cause a cultural shift in the medium to make it kind of okay to do that. Yeah, Exactly. Oh, I I get that. Okay, so I guess yeah. a, a couple of quick questions then with with mediums and you know obviously your biggest um, your biggest audience and sort of where you guys start was on Vine, but um, you're super interested in Instagram and all these other platforms. My question is just like, how do you like from a day to day standpoint, how do you consume though like on those mediums and like, well. I, I'm curious, like, what your, I don't want to say editorial calendar, but, like, what that looks sure. like. I, I just, I, I see, I, I think about a lot of these Vine personalities, and I see, you know, people who get a ton of engagement, who have a lot of followers, on these things. It's like, 
I have to imagine the pressure sort of builds up to like keep producing, keep making interesting things. Always be heard, constantly and, be out and there. And to quantify right. too, like your your life becomes sort of, well, I mean, again, projecting this, but your life becomes like this number of, of likes, of right. revines, of mm-hmm. whatever. Sure. So I guess, you know, do you feel like you've gotten sucked up in that before or now or like just like what, what does that look like, your social media landscape? Yeah, it is. It does suck you up. So for like – calendar we're always trying to create Mm -hmm. stuff to just hold for the future like we definitely have days and times that are when we release that we hold for personal work we have to like constantly put up creative work to keep like getting you know getting more engagement getting followers like stay relevant etc stay relevant but also like for us too because like it's our portfolio so you know, when we do one something new, like all of my clients are on all of these and they're like, oh, I love this. And then I'll get an email a week later that's like, see that new thing you just did? Like, we want something like that. Do it for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that is really important, um, the creative stuff. And then we always, we have like our calendar of just like which brands we are promoting. And we have like launches, like launch days are crazy because we're like, Okay, eight ten. We gotta post this tweet, and this is the copy, and then here is the Instagram image, and here's the cover photo, and like this is the you know who we have to tag in it, and what we have to say, and so it's pretty intense, especially with Vine because like vines can crash um, when yep. you're trying to upload, and they can like have glitches and like all that kind of stuff. And even though it's like a, a medium that's centered on simplicity, there's a lot of moving parts, and there's a lot of potential complications, and. Yeah. Even sometimes, even the more minimalist the platform, the more complicated the end product. And I see that happen a lot too. Even with like vines, you see like somebody tried to tag someone, and it like didn't it didn't load. It didn't like hyperlink, and then like, but then it's like, what what do you do? I mean, I can. That's like that's like stressful. <laughs> <laughs> the tiny stresses that cause actual like major problems. So do do you yeah. feel like do you feel like. I have to imagine like as a whole, you would, you would step back and say clearly social media and these platforms are a good thing, or at least in the context of your life, like they've been good. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, when you're saying it consumes you, it's intense. Like, I guess, how do you feel about it all? Like you've turned, you've turned something that you use to connect with people and to share work with. And I guess as a business tool, but in it's, it's now like this big driver kind of of your business and of your life. Like, how do, how does that sort of equate? How does that feel? Mm-hmm. Not not to put like too much of a pressure yeah, no on problem. it, but it's like a as far as a creative, I just think it's great to get people to see what you're working on. Mm-hmm. It's just so yep. nice to get it out there and feedback is great. Um, but then it does like also leave you open to like all kinds of crazy feedback that <laughs> you may not be prepared for. Unfiltered feedback in many yeah. ways. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Like this sucks, this is boring, like all day. <laughs> Um, as far as you said about the likes that does affect, it does like get, make you jaded. Like most of my friends from Vine have millions and millions of followers. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're really still amazing people, but super jaded by those numbers that like, they can't remember like at the beginning when we would get like a hundred likes on something, we'd be like, wow, it's crazy. A hundred people. And now like, they you know they talk about other viners and they're like oh my god he got 300 likes on this like and i'm just like 300 people can't fit in this room like 300 right. people it's tough is a to... lot 
to a brand. Like a lot of brands can't get 300 likes on something. So like they're talking about people who are, who are getting, you know, brand deals because they make cool content. Yeah. Um, so we just have to remember like every one of those numbers is a person, but for sure, like Nicholas McAllis, <laughs> if he doesn't get a thousand likes in five minutes, he deletes the vine. Really? That's, that's crazy. That's not a lie. What, once <laughs> you reach like a certain level of notoriety, it just like the numbers become so crazy inflated. Like, so right. fuck. I mean, well, like that is, it's a thing. And it, and I get it. And, and I think we're like, I, I, I'm guilty of it too. Just like feeling that way. Um, mm-hmm. there's, uh, I've been, I've been obsessed with this as Vince knows with, uh, Simon Sinek. Are you familiar with Simon? Um, he put out like a while ago, he had a really great Ted talk, uh, start with why golden circle. Um, and he talks a lot about like motivation and leadership and, and he has a book out right now called leaders eat last, uh, that I've been referencing a lot. And, um, he, t- he sort of talks about how technology and these little red notification markers and, and text messages and, and Snapchats and tweets and all these things like activate this dopamine center and it gives us this little shot, this little high every time we get one of those. Yeah. And, and I guess like, I mean, on some levels it's kind of fucked up and it's kind of like fucking up our evolutionary cycle and our psychology. And so the question is like, so, I mean, I think it's very raw to be honest about like numbers sort of ruling some of that because it's like quantifiable recognition or affirmation. So I guess how do you stay grounded in that? And and how do you stay grounded coming from, you know, zero likes, coming from 100 likes to whatever, you know, like what, I guess, like how do you, how do you deal with that? And, and what is your advice maybe to people who don't get even two likes, which is such a fucking weird thing (laughs) to say, but it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's most people. But that's, at the end of the day, we want people what does that to mean, see right? the things we do, right? So it's not like completely outrageous to want people to like it and to react to it. Right. I think it's really interesting because um, I get a lot of like little kids that are like, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. And they'll like tell a million them, people right? that. And you go to their thing and they've never posted one thing. <laughs> right. And you're like... Okay. Um, the fact that you want a follow, but you have, you just want it just for the number, not because you're like providing anything. Like you're not like putting out anything. That's so scary to me. I don't know. Like that, that whole I subculture want it, is crazy. I want my work to like go as far as possible. Right. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I'm not a grounded person, so I'm not going <laughs> to answer this. Respect. I no, struggle no. with it. Like, no, I, totally. I, I, like, make a goal where I'm, like, after 9 p.m., phone down, yeah. and I don't think I've ever been able to do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's understandable, too. That's though, crazy, right? man. I mean, and, and I get it. I get it. That's, like, the biggest temptation. I, I will say, like, not to pad your ego here, but, like, uh, even what I was getting at with, with talking about Vine personalities and you is sort of different is, like, I think you're the stuff you make in general is a little bit more artistically driven. It's a little bit more like what I would call actual filmmaking right? Uh, versus and like I would say more and, valuable too. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's like a tough thing to even, again, w- if we quantify it, it's, you know, I, so right, it's right, but right. subjectively more valuable. Um, so, I mean, good on that. That's real cool. Thank you. Um, it's hard to define, like, valuable. We sat here today. I don't know if you guys have seen the new thing on Vine is the loops. Yeah. Um, the numbers of loops. So everybody has all these, like, 
it's great because I could say like we just shot Liberty Mutual and it had like 3,000 likes. And meanwhile, Nick was here yesterday. He's like, oh my God, my Virgin Mobile video bombed. It had 30,000 likes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it had 3,000. So I feel like always a little bit bad, right? Because I've, there, I'm put in this position a little bit where they want more views. Um, right. But now we can also see now there's 400,000 loops. So there's a lot of people that are looking at it. For so extended some, periods of time. That's what a loop is, right? Letting it run yeah. through multiple yeah. times. Exactly. But it also tells you something about how many people are viewing it that aren't liking it. Um, you know, because 300,000 compared to 3,000. Like you definitely know there's a lot of people looking at it a lot more. So it's just, it's like a whole new set of numbers that we're sitting around like, we're like, okay, what if people charge for CPM on this? And like, mm-hmm. okay, so we're charging. Like, it just it's all goes back to like, and then we're doing it with other people where we're like, we know what their rates are. So we're thinking like, this, these are their number. Yeah, we're, we're number obsessed. Like, yeah. we're thinking about numbers is- all day for people who were terrible at math, but <laughs> hated math. But all I do is think about numbers. Man, that's like so, it's so ironic to just think like, you know, be, uh, and, and I guess in a lot of ways, you know, our show is called 10,000 Hours, and it's sort of numbers data-based, like sort of in a soft way, but it, it's just about putting in your time. It's about like, about putting in the work and and kind of being obsessed with that. But it's just like funny when you put it in terms of creativity, and it's something we kind of keep coming back to, which is like these tools and the time and the energy that are actual creativity. And also, I think one thought that was like spurned when you were saying that was like, the kind of fucked up thing is sometimes, you know, some things are more likable, air quotes right there, um, or, you know, they, they, they have Inspire. more engagement, but they right. suck, you know what I mean? And, and that's what kind of su- just sucks is like the taste of a platform sometimes is at a lower denominator than perhaps your content is. And, and I mean... I definitely can kind of see that maybe with you not to like make it weird, but like, yeah, that's kind of, I think what we're yeah. talking about, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like your, your taste is m- more elevated than I think the, not to alienate them, but more elevated than a lot of the audience members. You know I mean? Even when you're talking about like people saying, follow me, follow me. I think about like Nash Greer or like Cameron Dallas and those guys. And it's just like, that's fucking insanity. Like they just have, accounts and accounts and people who are just obsessed with the idea of this person and like in in a lot of these bios you'll see something like x person messaged me this day or favorited this day and it's like holy fuck (laughs) they're they're really obsessed this is next level (laughs) oh my god right right. so sorry i deviated once again no but i mean speaking of deviation hey thank you yes uh I mean, we've covered a lot of good stuff already and gone down this like crazy rabbit hole yeah. of social media and numberification and just numberification. I like that. Just like it's it's really a wild, wild west out there right now. Um, but right now I'd like to take just a break. Because when, when you're in the wild west, what do you need? I don't I don't know. You need shades. <laughs> That's right. And so that is today <laughs> i was i was actually you had an eloquent like lead-in i wasn't ready I for you. a real segue is the problem oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of like shitty segues exclusively like, like i it's like oh speaking of stuff uh welcome our guest megan Signoli. <laughs> she does stuff but today's off topic topic we do an off topic topic every week yep is sunglasses shades 
What do you think of them? Do you wear them? What type do you wear? Uh, are people who wear sunglasses inside assholes? Anything. Wow, you're kind of leading us down a track. There. <laughs> I know, leading the witness. But basically anything you feel about sunglasses, we just want to hear it. I wear my sunglasses in my nah, So I don't so Right, I only exactly. need the first line. Megan, take it away. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you're talking to me or the people who are listening to your um, podcast. So, yeah, I <laughs> love wearing sunglasses. Um, I wear them inside sometimes if the light's coming in really strong. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, what and, uh, Do you have a brand you wear? I kind of wear all brands. Indiscriminate. Uh, Depending on who you're doing yeah, your line for. I go from wearing, like, really expensive ones to then going – um, and losing them and then buying a whole bunch of cheap ones That's that I, I never wear and then going back and getting expensive ones. Again. You got the endless cycle, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I can yeah. see myself coming back there too. Yeah, yeah I've it's got like a, a theory where it's like a direct correlation. The cheaper the sunglasses, the more indestructible and unlosable they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like if you buy a $1 pair of gas station sunglasses, they'll, you, they'll be with you them. to your grave. Yeah, you'll never ever <laughs> lose them. How could you? They're exactly. Dollar. But as soon as you spring for like a nice $50 pair of somethings or even better, like those things are being left on the first bar table I go to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Real talk. Uh, I once, wow, I feel horrible about it, but I mean, I feel like I, I made up for it in an actual paycheck, but we had an intern uh, maybe like <laughs> a year and a half ago or something at the studio who also like on the weekends worked at Sunglass Hut and he oh, got me his yeah. employee discount on some Ray-Bans. <laughs> yes. And then like, honestly, I felt so guilty. I, I like padded his paycheck for the Your conscious I was like, I cried up. out <laughs> yeah. for it. Oh, but, man. but I, I left those at like a Chino Latino. Is that only local? That's only. Local. I think there's only two locations. Okay, yeah. never mind. You're not going to get that reference, but um, I left it at Where a restaurant are you guys? in Minneapolis. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Have you ever been? No. Really? Nope. Fuck off. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's not surprising whatsoever to no, me. No, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on here. I will say it's. I, I would sorry. say it's. Yeah, of course, everywhere has some cool stuff. But it, it's. I would say even and I and I've been I've been around. I've been to a lot of cities. I would compare it to like. It's got elements of like an Austin and a Boulder and a Portland um, and even like elements of a Chicago and a New York on a smaller scale, way smaller That's scale. Cool. Yeah. But like I will say like the creative scene here is like killer. We have so many Fortune 500s and like Target, uh, Medtronic, 3M, General Mills. And so the advertising scene is great and the design scene is like amazing. I really think we're a rising star. No, for sure. For sure. I mean – it sucks here in the winter, but... It sounds a lot like two people from nowhere slash Midwest trying to defend themselves to New York City, no. but, like, I, I really do feel that way. <laughs> well, yeah, us. they're different things. They're different things. New York is great. I love it. I love it there. It's um, amazing, right? We work with Fast Horse. Oh, nice. I was, I was they're, gonna... like, so cool. Hold on. Can we, can we give you... Can we just drop some knowledge on you right now, Megan? Yeah. Vince and I, um, who... We've been friends maybe four years? Yep, going on about, four years. About four years. Uh, and we shot a documentary together out west. We now do this podcast, which we've been going for about six months now. Yep. And you know, literally the best of friends. We met at Fast Horse on mm. uh, an intern for a day program. Exactly. We both submitted to, and we worked together for a day, and then stayed in touch. And the rest off. is history. So, and actually, they sponsored. Uh, we were like, again, air quotes, fueled by Fast Horse. Um, on the documentary we shot out west. 
and because Vince and I had met there, it was like, Hey, you guys should sponsor this. And so they paid for all of our gas for like a two week trip, like Portland, LA, San Diego, San Francisco, Denver and back. It was crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. We're all connected, man. It's a small world out there. (laughs) And they do really great work. That's what, what do you, what brand do you work on with them? Um, so Coca-Cola company. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figured. Definitely. That's cool. And widen too, obviously then. Pardon? Widen as well then, or? Biden. Do we work with Biden? Yeah. Widen, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that was in Minneapolis. No, no, they're not. They're not. But like, I know on that account, they like work together with Widen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's one big happy Coca-Cola family. <laughs> uh, Grant, what do you want to give us some sunglasses thoughts quick? Well, I mean, basically, like, I, for many years, have just had cheapos. Um, I had a pair of Ray-Bans. Like, finally, I sprung for some way, or it might have been, honestly, a Christmas gift. Some, just the classic black Wayfarers. Oh, yeah. Uh, got stolen off a table at South by Southwest. Which was awesome. Sons of bitches. It's honestly my own fault. Like, I'm lucky that it was only my sunglasses and not my bag with my computer and stuff. I went to the bathroom. I was like, whatever. So those got stolen. And I was, like, pretty jaded. And then we had the intern who worked at Sunglass Hut. And I got some cool, like, tortoise. You know what I'm talking about? Tortoise print. Like, Ray-Ban Wayfarers. And I was, like, all hyped on them. And then maybe three months ago, I left them at a restaurant. I'm the worst. And they're gone. And recently uh sprung on some just cheaper ones uh it's just amazon but i've been very happy with them like ten dollar shades nice that might be the perfect the sweet spot it is because they're sturdy they're sturdy they're kind of like the what are they club masters or whatever club. oh yeah sure yeah yeah you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying megan yeah i know what you're saying what what, kind, <laughs> what sort of shape of shades do you wear like i, I just i know some some ladies they Go really the rock huge. a circle they really rock like a circle kind of yoko ono frame Right. Others are like, you know, they're rocking those big... The bug eye. The big bug eyes. Yeah. Uh, I usually have about like 20 sunglasses at any Only? given point in time, which I just wow. started realizing might be a lot. Here you guys it's talk. like kind of a lot. <laughs> it's just... Um, <laughs> I mean, but, but also I like with shoes, I, I only... Them, yeah. And also because I, I change like every... I change my sunglasses every day. I change my bag every day, like that kind of thing. It's important. Um. So yeah, so I do all, I do them all. I do like the big ones. I do like the double pane. I do the, Ooh, yeah. um, like every shape you can imagine. Do you ever do the, um, Depen- and different colors and stuff, depending on what, what I feel like. Personal it's important favorite. to accessorize, right? Personal yeah. favorite of mine. Do you ever do the Guy Fieri ones where they're like chrome and you just wear them on the back of your head and also bleach your tips? <laughs> Cause that's like tight. Like oh, that God. stuff's like up and coming. I'm just that's saying like really, it's like nauseating to even think if about. If you want, if you want engagement on your social content, I'm just saying that's like one way. <laughs> one way to do it would be to dress like Guy Fieri and like, I like around. to pronounce that. Like you gave him, you gave him the I like gave him Italian too much credit. Guy Fieri. <laughs> like really? No, it's like Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Yeah. yeah fuck that guy. All the respect. But, but not, not to him. I, saw, I, I, I don't know who he is. I'm Googling Stop. Okay, oh, gonna really? Know, you're going to no. know when you look it up. I, I ran across um, in the grocery store. I took a picture of this and sent it to some friends. And I was just oh. like, fuck us. Uh, was like his like salsas. And then I ran across his like pasta sauces. And they were all just like fucking the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's, a, he's a food personality um, who is known for his relatively poor taste. And, and his satanic uh, disposition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's the worst um a lot of heat though it's sort of cajun yeah okay um well, his sunglasses are awful just yeah yes, well, he wears them he doesn't you. wear them he wears them on the back of his head on every fucking uh, episode inside 
Like he's the worst. Okay, Vince, do you have some sunglass opinions? I'm sorry, we kind of. Oh like yeah, I went through my cannibal. sunglass theorem, which is like my oh, yeah, my yeah, major yeah. stance on them. I guess. But right. one thing I do want to say, my favorite place to shop for sunglasses is at Goodwill, because oh, you get yo, those you get like finds. the yeah those, those thrifty ass unique finds. Bingo, bingo. Thrift like stores in general and Goodwill being the more popular chain of thrift stores. Um, you get some good ones. Exactly. You get ones from like the 70s, 80s, Ooh. which are just like... Those are good years. Class, classic. If only we could go back. Because I like the big... I like big sunglasses, but I don't like them to You're have... You're kind of an aviator reflect- guy, right? Yeah, but I don't like the reflective sunglasses. It makes me feel like a poker player. And like, I don't know. So I like just... I like to look like I'm an old guy, but in a young guy's body. Reflective are the worst. I don't want to look at myself while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, Grant, do you like reflective? I'm so into it. No, that's, that's, that's <laughs> what if we just what if we just hurt his feelings? Yeah, just like, I know. No, I no. come on, guys. It, but I'm like, let's, whatever. Let's get... I, it really bothers me. No, yeah, they suck. I mean, I I might be narcissistic, but like, I'm not on reflective sunglass level. <laughs> Some people people can pull them off though. Yeah, like assholes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about sunglasses, which is a supernatural transition sure. into. Some last thoughts. Absolutely. Which, yeah, let's do it. Because well, because there are sunglass brands on. Hey, actually, let me just pitch this right now, quick, so I can get it into the internet. Um, <laughs> and then, like, technically, I know it's not a patent or like any sort of copyright it's not binding. But at all. but I was thinking about this a couple of days ago. Like, so well, I guess I'm curious what you use for Instagram like processing wise. Do you, do you use VSCO at all, Visco? Yeah, I love VSCO. It's the best. So and like Hypebeast did a pretty cool collaboration with them. Has a couple of um uh filters on there but i was thinking why not and megan hey maybe this is a great uh point of collaboration for us let's pitch like maybe ray-ban or something on doing first of all rb let's call rb1 rb2 rb3 these ray-ban filters for vsco and then also maybe do some like or or the opposite opposite way take the vsco filters and go analog and give some filters to the sunglasses. Oh, um, actually, that's pretty fucking Yeah, because I was cool. thinking about it. Like, you talk about it. It's like, oh, you have these Instagram... Like, oh, I wish I had an Instagram filter on my life, which sounds like the worst. And But also, like, kind of cool sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's kind of what sunglasses are. Oh, why don't we start dropping in VSCO presets into our shades? That's so cool. Dude, that's actually... Typically, I'd be the first one to pull coals and some yeah, cockamamie that's your, that's scheme. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want that repetition. But that's actually like pretty fucking cool. Cool. Hey, Megan, if you want to collab on that, I'm all about it. <laughs> Sounds really cool. I did do a um, Instagram campaign with Sunglass Hut. Oh, so you're out. <laughs> and Nick did a campaign with Ray-Ban, so we have some oh, connections there. But nice. it's just in the marketing department. So, well, I don't know. I mean, you said how idea helpful through. that is. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'll follow up. Uh, and speaking of following up (laughs) how we like to wrap each show is by asking our beloved guests two questions Megan and so we'll do the same to you the first question is how can our listeners support you and the second question is if you wanted our listeners to take one thing away from your time on this show what would that be and so if you could just you know, wrap things up for us with those two answers. Uh, but make it super eloquent and like quotable <laughs> and perfect. High pressure. Um, if you could. And, it, <laughs> and if you can, I guess, maybe we should just end the show now. <laughs> I should just pretend like the Skype cut out right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, right. and we'll just we'll just do a voiceover and we can sort of adjust the, <laughs> the audio, make it sound like more female. 
Um, I think the best way they can support me is by following on Vine and Instagram yeah. and Twitter. But, I mean, my Twitter is not that interesting, though. So, well, so not... I mean, Can we get those handles? Oh, sure. So on Vine, I'm uh, at Megan Signoli. Um, and as well, on, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm at Megan Signoli on every single yeah. nice. platform. On point. M-E-A-G-A-N-C-I-G-N-O-L-I. And then um, what they can take away from it. Um, I think I think the takeaway is just life in general. Like when I never expected Vine to pop up. Mm-hmm. I never expected to be creating a career out of Vine. I never expected to own a business or have this be my life. It's it's all very random. So, but it's perfect and it was the fit. And I sat around for like years wondering what am I going to do? Like, you know, where is my path? So I, I think that in general, I know that it's not about the platform topic, but I think that something is there for everybody. If you just like really follow what you want to do, like I just stopped working for a while, which everyone was like, what are you doing? And then I started right. doing Vine and everyone's like, get off this app. <laughs> um, so I think if you really do do what feels right in the moment, obviously like within reason, like you usually will find it. The opportunities will find you, right? Yeah. I think that's super valuable. And I actually think it's related to, to when we're talking about mediums, especially in a, in a culture obsessed with, with building a following and, and building an audience. And finding a niche. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's like, I think in general in your story, it was like, oh, you were, you were making things, not that it necessarily has to be this way, but you were making them for the right reasons. Yeah. And, and you were making yeah. it to share and connect. And, and I think also like you have a sense of humility in that like, yeah, you 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 are on this platform. This platform is your livelihood right now. But like, it's sort of ephemeral, like a lot of our digital stuff. Not that your work is, but that you know you're gonna have to adapt and evolve and and sort of move along with it. But it seems like that's what you're doing, and so that's I think it's really cool. And I think it's it's a good testament to people to hear you say, you know, you were sitting around and and like now you are doing this, and and it's something that a lot of people would. Like wow, oh, that's so amazing! I, I, oh, you know, I wish I could, but then you can't if you if you you can right exactly yeah. I mean, that I think is that's the what you're saying. Not in like a self helpy way, but like right. it, it's just real talk. Like you yeah. can. It's just you have to be patient. You have to be smart. And you have to be passionate. And your eyes have to be open to it. Right. Awesome. Well, hey, yeah, I think let's. I let's think leave that's it great. There. I mean, to go further would be. I mean, I know we like to vacillate at the start. Should we vacillate now again? Should we dance? No, I again? think in the in the spirit of these like limited <laughs> mediums of the vines, the, the twitters, yeah, 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 we should we should take <laughs> a rare chance to be brief and yeah, yeah, yeah. and just thank you, Megan, for your time today. Question: was, Could we could we stop motion the outro though? So like we each say like <laughs> like point one second of of our final thoughts and then draw it. Out. Okay. I look. I angry. mean, we definitely. Mad at me. I don't think that would even work. Come on. Well, okay. Could we at least, get, Megan? Could you? So, what we like to end every show with is a uh, is a ship it because it's sort of the mantra here is like at the end of the day, as I'm sure you know, is like you kind of got to ship it. You got to get the project out the door, regardless of anything else. You got to ship it. That's cool. Yeah. So maybe if you could give us a ship it, that would be like real cherry on the top. I just say it. Um, you just yeah. say it. You just yeah, hit yeah, us yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and maybe like take a pause for a second, like uh, sort of muster it up. But don't build it up too much, but also do build it up. Okay. Is it going to be the last words and then we like hang up? Yeah, I think it's going to yeah, be. I, I mean, like, it. we might stay on the line wow. for a second and then like cut out the audience so they don't know all the cool things we talk about for like <laughs> okay. the next 30 seconds. <laughs> so but don't like scream it and then hang up immediately. Don't hang up. But like <laughs> okay. they're we'll going to think we hung up. Right. 
We're going to trick the audience. It's a sick move. I know you're familiar with it. Okay. I'm I'm really nervous because I'm not really good with lines. Okay. Ship it. Yeah, that was nice. Perfect. Yeah, that was good. That, that was, was good. good. I think you did it. Are that you was sh- awesome. No, yeah, you you well, nailed okay. it. Well, That's hold on. If I could, if I could, just kind of put on my director hat for just a second. Could I get like a little bit less trepidation and a little bit more confidence? <laughs> so, so you're 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 standing there and you're facing your arch enemy, and you've like got this huge buildup, and you know like ship it is the perfect line because they're about to like get beheaded or something by a pendulum and and it like ties back to something earlier in the story and so you're saying it sort of ironically confidently it's you know what i mean it's the i'll be back of ship it yes right i feel like in these moments i just have to say it like 20 times in a different way okay cool Ooh. yeah we'll just edit in the best one so just yeah just go through a few Rapid variations ship it. yeah, yeah just, okay. I like that. iterative all right ready yeah ship it ship it ship it Ship it. Okay, I don't know. No, that was great. Good. We definitely got something <laughs> usable. We might have to splice a couple together, yeah. but that's perfect. I'm not, I felt like I fully understood it at the beginning, and then I kind of lost it. Listen, here's the thing. I think what we meant to do was to to have you lose it, and in that you found it. So I think it was perfect. Oh, okay. You, hey, hey thanks work. for being a good sport, and you were an awesome guest, really? Megan. Thank you so much. Working hard.